If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch bonus episode number two for the month of August. Our patrons, our Tony heads, chose this month's recap episode, and we knew it was coming. This one's been did. coming in second place in the polls yeah, for yeah, yeah. months now. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> Until today, it's its special day. Today is all about the house that Jack built. Ooh, oh, baby. my God. Lars von Trier scares me. Yeah. I think he scares everybody. I think if you're not a little bit scared by Lars von Trier, you don't know anything about him. And that makes sense, too. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you don't know anything about him, probably you wouldn't be scared. Nothing to be scared of. Yep. Except the unknown. <laughs> That's true. Which is scary. <laughs> Imagine if you were scared of every single person you've never heard of. Because like, well, I don't know. What if they're Sam scary? <laughs> I feel that way a little bit with like social anxiety. It's a little bit that. It, it is true. It's like, mm, I don't know that person. Better to go just with it's, you know, Better safe than sorry. Yeah. You never know. Especially with Lars von Trier. Especially. <laughs> um, so th- this movie came out in 2018. It is directed by... Lars von Trier, written by Lars von Trier, and I think this is pronounced Henley. It's J-E-N-L-E, but it's like, I presume, Danish. Lars von Trier is Danish, and it just seems like it would be pronounced Henley to Whoa, me. So should I name my daughter that? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> J-E-N-L-E. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not after me. This is totally different. It's pronounced the same, but it's actually spelled differently. It's Danish. It's actually named after the co-writer of the house that Jack built. (laughs) Have you guys seen that film? Danish writer of the house that Jack built. Excuse you. Have you seen this movie? It's my favorite movie. Imagine if you led (laughs) the conversation with a new person that way. Um, Henley Halland is their name. It is starring Matt Dillon, Bruno Gantz, Uma Thurman, Siobhan Fallon Hogan, and Riley Keough. And Ooh, this is it an interesting is cast. Yeah. Streaming on Hulu. Yes, it is an interesting cast. And it's also an interesting Lars von Trier movie to start with. This is our first foray into oh. his films. Yeah, this is the first one we've done. I'm surprised. I don't think it's the best entry point (laughs) Um, because I think this movie's very much him reflecting on all of his other movies and his career at large. And so I think in order to understand this film, we got to do a little bit of backstory about his career and his life. Um, He started directing movies in the 80s in Denmark and he always 
premiered at Cannes. Cannes is like his happy place. Some of his movies have won, I think, awards there. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not sure now. But his movies are incredibly divisive, controversial, meant to shock and disturb and elicit extreme reactions. And so, mm. a lot of times, people really hate them. A lot of people really love them. I, until this week, had only seen Melancholia. Mm-hmm. That is one of his more well-known films. Oh, that's not true. I had also seen Dogville, but it's been a long time. But this week, I watched Nymphomaniac, The House That Jack Built, and Antichrist. What? <laughs> oh my God, Sammy. Oh my God. Aren't there multiple Nymphomaniacs, too? Yes, and I only watched part one, so I still need to watch part two. Which each of them are three hours long. So, oh my God. and Shia LaBeouf's ass- accent is like so crazy in it. Oh, wow. It's and changes scene to scene. How is his ass? His ass is good because you just spark. You just piqued my interest. Ascent, his ascent. His ass. <laughs> Why is Shia, Shia LaBeouf in that movie? What? Isn't that where he and Mia Goth met? Yep. I mean, he's a great actor. We've talked about this. We won't keep talking about he's it. He's just, but- just abusive and a bad person. Yeah. Also the victim of abuse, but still abusive himself. Correct. Yeah, it's an it's an explanation, not an excuse. Mm-hmm. And I don't know him at all. <laughs> I also just love to come out and say whenever we're talking about complete strangers, I don't know. We don't know. This is an important reminder, I think. I don't fucking know anything. No, but we believe women and we believe FK we Twigs. I mean, FK we Twigs definitely is definitely do. like, yeah, not lying. No, it's not They're that like, one. It's not like a, well, it's not. We'll see who, what's the, tr- I just mean like in terms of yeah. what he's like. In, in terms of just talking about Shia on a first name basis. Exactly. Shy, shy, shy. Speaking of believing women, Uh-oh. you won't believe <laughs> that there is an allegation against Lars von Trier from oh, sure. Bjork. Oh. Bjork. He directed her in Dancer in the Dark and she, mm. I actually didn't. Uh, read her specific allegations but it's it she felt bullied and uncomfortable on set and i think he was like sexually inappropriate uh, like sexually suggestive like made a lot of lewd comments to her and things like mm. that which again i'm sure that happened and yeah. it's not okay yeah so that's you know strike one against lars and then in 2011 at can when they were at a press conference for Melancholia. He had to, gave a real unfortunate interview. Oh, boy. Where someone asked him about something to do with Germany. It was a, a German newspaper that was asking him a question. And he answered it by saying that he was actually a Nazi and that he understands Hitler. And what? Wait, what? Loves to shock and disturb. <laughs> and this actually... I watched that panel. It's so uncomfortable. Kirsten Dunst is next to him. Like I was going to say, he gets the most incredible actresses in his movies. Like, I think for really... the most part, people really like working with him. Bjork, I think, is the only one. Okay. That might not be true, but for the but, most yeah, part, people know, go back and work with him again. Charlotte Gainsbourg, Willem Dafoe, Stellan Skarsgård, all are in like a bunch of his movies. And so I, I think... Most people have a good experience with him, even though he does sound like he can be very intense. Mm. But okay, so some some context, I think, for that panel discussion that I think is interesting and not excuse like it's I I think he was making a joke. I think it was a very bad 
joke and you can see him doing the thing where when you've made a bad joke and you're trying to explain it away. Yeah. It's like he goes harder and harder. He like doubles the more down. Uncomfortable you see him get. And so instead of being like, ha ha, ne- never mind. Next question. He just digs a deeper and deeper hole. And some context for that is that he was raised Jewish and on his mother's deathbed, she revealed that his dad was not his dad and that his actual father was German and that she had an affair with this German man in an attempt to make Lars more creative because this German guy was a pianist and... This event was like very traumatizing for Lars von Trier and yeah, um, really like obviously rocked his sense of identity. And so I think that was the joke of like, well, I'm a Nazi because he thought he was a Jew the whole his whole life. And so I think he has a very specific relationship with German and Judaism. And so... I don't know. It, it feels gross defending Lars von Trier because I know a lot of people really hate him and I don't I don't necessarily want to be like, he's a good guy. You guys don't get it. Like, that's not my feelings. I'm just trying to like just no, provide I think some that's, that's very context. important context. Yeah. It's real, and it's also just a fast. It's fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we don't know him. We don't know him. That's and right. We don't know him. And so I just it's just important. When we do know somebody, we'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Because we all know that once you know somebody, you can pass judgment on any single everything about something they do. Mm -hmm. If you've met them, you have authority over all their decisions. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Um, So after that press conference, he got banned from Cannes. Wow. A Cannes ban. Why did I do that? A Kanban. <laughs> a freaking Kanban, which is his worst nightmare because he's like loves, loves Can. He's, so he's a little cam boy. He's a cam boy. And so I think he's a can man. He's, he's a can man. man. And, and he's, he's a band can man. He's, he's for a can. band can man. He's a band can man. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that experience also was like pretty traumatic for him. And I think he's reflecting a lot on that in this film. Oh, okay. And this film was actually his return to Cannes. <laughs> okay. Can again. Can again. I was trying to think of a rhyme. Thank you, Henry. <laughs> the man can can again. <laughs> uh, but I think it did premiere outside of competition, but they like did a little soft allowing him back in like, mm-hmm. all right, well, you can play your movie. I will say Kirsten Dunst was offered a role in this film. She She turned it down. I think Kirsten Dunst her relationship with him was also soured at this event because it cast this horrible light on melancholia and Mm. she is so fucking good in melancholia. And I think a lot of people think that this is the reason she didn't even get nominated for an Oscar when it's like, wow, I feel like it should have been this like amazing moment in her career. And it just became kind of like like a taboo. Um, thing that people don't want to talk about anymore. So I think she probably, Mm. Um, you know, isn't, I mean, maybe they've gotten over it by now, but I think it did sour their relationship at the time. Sure. 
So basically all of this just to say that he is a very divisive filmmaker and a lot of his movies piss people off. He, I feel like he has said that he likes being a devil's advocate, which conjures this like gross type of guy in your brain also. Yeah, it does. He is that. I think he's also like very talented artist. There's some amount of separating the art from the artist happening. I don't know. I th- I find him really fascinating. I've enjoyed the movies I've watched this week. <laughs> and I want to watch more. I think he's a weird little freak. And I'm just very fascinated by him. And I also know he's done some bad things. And who knows if I would hate him in, in real life because we don't know who him. knows but we don't know him <laughs> we, don't know, we him. don't know him and probably you're never gonna have to answer that question Mm-mm. exactly mm-hmm. so you know but okay shall we get into this yeah let's yeah. do it let's do it If you would like to hear the rest of this episode, you are going to want to head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash TSDW podcast and join us in Tony fucking Colette's inner circle. There you'll gain access to all previous bonus episodes. We do weekly video trailer reactions. You'll get to vote for future episodes. That's a really great place to be. You're going to want to check it out. But if not, we will be back next week with a regular episode. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.